Welcome back to Inside Games, the only gaming news show brave enough to unironically enjoy Cyberpunk 2077. That's right, we do. We actually do enjoy the video game. Yes, we're as brave today as the day we started the channel. But don't worry, Bruce, <laughs> there's a pot of gold at the end of this cyber rainbow, and guess what? It's packed to the brim with anime. Yeah, I knew it would be. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 developer CD Projekt Red broadcasts a special Night City Wire today, September 6th largely promoting the upcoming Studio Trigger anime tie-in, Edge Runners, which launches on September 13th. Yeah, but this isn't inside anime. We're more focused on the saucy game updates. Not only did CDPR drop a surprise update with requested features like Transmog, but they also finally announced the game's first and possibly only expansion. <laughs> it's called boy. Phantom Liberty, and it launches in 2023 for the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series SNX, PC, and Stadia. And... Our man is back, Keanu! <laughs> Does this mean Cyberpunk 2077's redemption arc has officially started? And to justify our clickbait, will Phantom Liberty suck as hard as 2077 did at launch? In this video, we'll look over CDPR's current business circumstances and see what that says about Cyberpunk's odds of redemption. Hmm, some people would say maybe it's already started its road to redemption, but uh, maybe this will help or hurt. We'll see. First, let's run down the actual announcements, cover the news. About half the Night City Wire covers the upcoming show, Edge Runners. They loosely discuss the show's characters and story, confirming that the events of the show are canon to the game. Check out the full video. It's linked in the description for details there. Uh, CDPR is also striking while the marketing iron is hot by releasing the 1.6 update, not so coincidentally titled the Edge Runners update. Accordingly, it contains new equipment and photo mode content related to the upcoming show. That's not all either. Uh, the update finally adds transmog or wardrobe, as the update calls it, allowing players to swap the look of their gear, but keep the stats because every time I put gear on my character, I look like a trash person. That's ridiculous. Baggy <laughs> yeah. pants and a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> then like a midriff so exposing shirt. <laughs> the it was worst. the worst. You can also now customize your face and body in the apartment mirror and at Ripper Docs. Uh, this update also adds cross progression saves should automatically back up to the cloud across platforms now. We also got three new gigs, six new firearms, five new melee weapons, the playable minigame Roach Race, which is also available as a mobile app, and... Now you can add Nibbles the cat to photo mode. Oh, that's so nice. CDPR confirmed that 1.6 will be the last major feature update for last gen platforms. We're talking about the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Uh, because of this, they teased even more fundamental feature upgrades coming in the future, like a complete police system overhaul. Fucking finally. Car to car combat and reworked gameplay loops for melee combat. Yeah, that's awesome news for current fans of Cyberpunk and probably pretty frustrating from folks that expected those features in the game at launch, you know? One side's like, yay, the other side is like, it's about time. <laughs> Still, with transmog and cross-progression launching today, we have direct proof that requested features are being added to Cyberpunk just pretty slowly. Yeah, almost two years later. And speaking of slow, CD Projekt also finally announced Cyberpunk 2077's first official expansion. This very, very short teaser reveals audio of original game protagonist V swearing a pledge of allegiance to the new United States of America. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, only for disembodied rocker boy ghost Johnny Silverhand to express disapproval. Phantom Liberty coming 2023. Well, that could be cool. I don't know. And then Keanu Reeves himself appeared with a short plug for the coming expansion, confirming that the beloved actor is returning to the series. This is interesting because it seems to conflict with a data mined script we reported on a few months ago that had more or less written Johnny Silverhand out of the expansion entirely. That's right. So sometimes leaks are not accurate. 
believe it or not. So maybe Keanu's only back to record like three lines? Maybe. Uh, I'm back. Goodbye. And that's it. I, I, I know. Uh, something where they get a few promotional appearances out of him, but they don't got to pay him for the full performance. Uh, there's plenty of room to be skeptical about the level of Keanu Reeves' involvement, but we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because now that we've covered the news news, most of it, it's time for the good stuff. Will Phantom Liberty suck? You know what? I'll be the internet. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Maybe. You go. Uh, it depends what you uh, want from it, as usual. But uh, we'll get into it. After Cyberpunk 2077's infamously awful launch, it goes without saying that everybody should be at least skeptical for this expansion. But let's take a look at all the cyber factors affecting Phantom Liberty's development, and we'll see if it'll suck or not. All right, cyber factor number one, game's <laughs> development time. I'm glad I called it that because we get to say cyber factor a lot. Uh, so yeah, when, regarding the timeline, both of CD Projekt's expansions for The Witcher 3 released in the year following the game's launch. It was almost absurdly fast. Compared to that, Cyberpunk 2077's single expansion will have taken between two to three times as long to make by the time it launches in 2023. Theoretically, that means it'll have more content. Yeah. And be more bug be more bug free than ever. More time equals more game. Sure, right? Uh, they also trimmed the platform list to exclude last gen, meaning even more of that development time can be focused on platforms that can actually run the damn game and run it well. <laughs> We're no longer releasing updates for the Samsung smart fridge. Yeah, but much like Cyberpunk 2077 itself, development on the expansion didn't start in full as soon as CDPR said they would make it. Cyberpunk's rough launch led CDPR to completely restructure their business into what they called Red 2.0, not to mention starting pre-production on another AAA Witcher game and moving the current-gen update for Witcher 3 in-house. Uh, as detailed in their Q1 2022 reports, CDPR spent most of 2021 focused on Cyberpunk 2077 fixes, of course, and prepping the actual next-gen update, which shipped in February 2022, just a few months ago. It looks like Phantom Liberty became CDPR's project of focus based on headcount around the end of last year. Even adjusting for that, though, Phantom Liberty could still have at least a year of full studio development behind it when it launches in 2023. Now, this is a generous timeline and should account for plenty of features, content, stability, the whole deal. Should, yeah. But what about Cyber Factor number two? Staff turnover. So we, we expected a pretty big amount of staff turnover following the launch of Cyberpunk 2077 because people usually don't like being the laughingstock of the entire internet. Uh, launches like that tend to drive people away. Um, but to be honest, we haven't seen concrete evidence of that in the time since Cyberpunk's launch. Wow, that actually speaks volumes for CDPR as an employer. Believable rumors of mass departures circulated in early 2021 after the launch of Cyberpunk due to like anonymous developer posts on GameFAQs.com, message boards. <laughs> uh, CD Projekt specifically denied those rumors at the time. Yeah, they don't do that very often. Usually just like, hey, I'm a developer, yeah. trust me stuff. Usually everybody just waves it away, but they specifically said, hey, no, this... This is not happening, and yeah, there have been a smattering of high-level departures since then, but nothing like a, a wave that I think we a lot of people were expecting. And press was really looking at it, too, because they were all mm -hmm. prepped with that headline. Uh, but there have been some departures, like I said. You've got Cyberpunk lead gameplay designer Andrzej Zawadzkin in March 2021. Then Witcher director Konrad Tomaskowitz in May 2021. And most recently, Cyberpunk 2077 production director, and I apologize in advance here, Jezrej oh, almost got it. Was it Jezrej? You'll get it. Jezrej Mroz. 
Roz? Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. That was very recently, as of yesterday. So, you know, some executives have left, but not nearly at that open wound pace of Bioware in the mid 2010s. <laughs> uh, questions about headcount pop up in CDPR's investor calls occasionally, with executives generally responding that headcount is stable. Turnover was not exceptionally high after Cyberpunk's launch. Uh, in the company's most recent Q1 2022 update, CDPR executives said that they are well staffed for their current production but would need to scale up to realize their goals of concurrent AAA development. We started hiring remotely, so our goal is to be come back on, on the path of, of, of growth. We have to actually. For now, we are good. I mean, for, for, for the stages of productions we, we have now, we are good, but, but we have to grow. Our goal is to develop two AAA titles at the same time, so we need more developers. And uh, we have a very solid strategy for this, but uh, this is an internal strategy. So we're in a weird situation here. Our gut kind of says that CD Projekt probably lost some seasoned developers after Cyberpunk's launch, but there's really no solid evidence out there that supports that conclusion. Well, aside from... Oh, Cyber Factor! I finally get to say it! Cyber Factor number three! <laughs> Engine swaps. So uh, CD Projekt announced that their next AAA Witcher game will run on the Unreal Engine, an uncharacteristic move for the company that has until now shipped every game on their internally developed Red Engine. It's no coincidence they did this on March 21st, the first day of the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco. CDPR later cited Unreal's open-world technology as a principal factor in working with that engine rather than their own, but we're going to assume that recruiting is a strong and silent number two. Staffing issues could have driven the decision to swap engines. If, if they lost a bulk of Red Engine developers after the launch of Cyberpunk, it's not like you can go to the market and hire experienced Red Engine developers that are out there to be hired. They don't exist. It's your own thing and you just lost it. That's the problem with proprietary technology. You can't hire for it and developers aren't drawn to it to want to work for you because those, those career skills they learn aren't transferable anywhere. Not to mention that they just had a horrible launch and uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a bunch of people would be like, you want me to learn your engine after that terrible launch? It's like, no, thank you. It is possible that CDPR knows they have dwindling expertise with their own tech and are moving away from it as a result, which could impact their investment in an expansion. Why make a lot of content and upgrades for an engine you cannot hire people to support? Yeah, then that's kind of where I thought they were going. But some of the stuff they did tease in this Night City Wire indicate bigger and more fundamental upgrades to Cyberpunk 2077. Stuff like reworking police systems and melee systems and adding in-car combat. Those are kind of fundamental frame, like that's fundamental gameplay stuff that speaks to a larger investment in the engine and upgrading it as opposed to less. Like if they just developed surface level content using only the scripting tools they have now, that's kind of what I would expect an expansion to be for a game that you're walking away from the engine. But they are it sounds like they're in there in the weeds trying to do some really fundamental upgrades. The problem is though that developers implying cool features that never show up is kind of a situation we've been in before with this game. So I don't want to read too much into that before it actually happens. That's yeah, true, much like the uh, staffing factor, all we have is conjecture that it'll be bad, but real world indicators that CDPR is more bought in than checked out. So that's good. Hey, speaking of checks. Yeah, Cyber Factor number four, ka-ching, Keanu Reeves is back. <laughs> uh, this one's pretty simple, I think. CD Projekt was willing to pay for Reeves' continued involvement which is a direct showing of their financial dedication to the game. You know, it's possible that whatever contract they executed with him initially 
already included an expansion and promotional appearances for it. So maybe the performance of Cyberpunk wasn't a factor there. You know, I'm not Reeves's agent, but that seems like a weird deal for something that hasn't even started yet. So it seems like Cyberpunk came out, they went back to him, he had his rate, they were willing to pay it, and here he is. Previous story leaks implied that CDPR would actually write out Keanu Reeves entirely, uh, which would support a more cynical outlook on the expansion as an obligatory afterthought for the developers. It still could be, but it's a way more expensive one, so at least there's that. <laughs> and who doesn't like seeing Keanu show up out of nowhere? I loved it when I was playing through the game. I thought it was great. Yeah, Johnny just appeared, and then it's it was fun. He's a good performer, and it turns out good performers give good performances. And that's right across mediums. But uh, you know, Bruce, speaking of simple and familiar delights. <laughs> Give us the last one here. Do I get to say it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, Cyber Factor number five. CDPR wants a redemption. Yeah, this one's interesting. Normally on Inside Games here, we kind of resist the urge to apply the rules of human drama to the games industry. When enthusiasts talk about companies, they tend to talk about them like people that have feelings. We found instead the decisions are usually made according to business factors rather than emotional ones. Even though, you know, people do run the companies and they have feelings too, but yeah, when when you're an executive at a company, you usually don't get your feelings hurt and let that drive your uh, your business decisions. So that's why we tend to cover business factors so extensively because we found they, they drive the decision making. Yeah, and logically that's usually the way it works. Uh, however, CD Projekt is kind of unique in this regard. They're one of the few companies that does seem to make business decisions that factor in public sentiment. The biggest example here is obvious. Their unprecedented refund offer for Cyberpunk 2077 that forced even Sony to honor refund requests. So the, the logic here is a little interesting. People often point to the refunds as evidence of how abnormally broken Cyberpunk was. But, and this is my take and Bruce, I, th I think you agree that there are other games that have launched in worse shape than 2077 oh, did. Yeah, yes. Just kind of speaking more objectively, like it was bad, not saying it wasn't, but you have like EA with Battlefield 2042 or Ubisoft with Watch Dogs Legion. Like these were very buggy, non-functioning games, arguably worse than 2077, but no other publisher has gone to the extent of doing a refund request like that. Uh, they just kind of waited out and they wait for the patches to roll in and for people to forget and move on. And CD Projekt could have done the same thing. Uh, yeah, we're not saying they deserve a parade for launching a busted game, by the way. We're, we're not lauding them for yeah. this. Uh, just saying that they changed their business operation to try and save face with us. Uh, they, they Honestly, and this is something that I feel like CDPR has done for a really long time, too. They really do care about the way they are viewed in the public. So here's another smaller example. Uh, now that the Cyberpunk expansion will no longer support older generations, those who purchased it with the Xbox One X bundle will now get a Microsoft Store reimbursement for the content when it launches. It's such a small thing, but they acknowledged it and put it in the notes right away. So that's that's cool. So yeah. as far as we can tell, CDPR's money is where its mouth is. It offered refunds. It's been slowly patching and updating the game. And it's finally working in the bigger community requests into the game like Transmog. Yeah. CDPR has got to know that as the first major release after Cyberpunk 2077. There's going to be a lot more scrutiny than ever on this specific expansion. Uh, YouTubers, TikTokers, are just going to be sniffing around for all those <laughs> glitch compilations because they do millions of views. And there's just going to be massive visibility on this expansion. I mean, I can't wait to play it. I'm excited to try more content, but I promise you when that glitch pops up, I'm going to clip that out, put that right on YouTube because everybody wants to see it. Yeah, rock it right to the top. <laughs> yeah, there's incentive for media and everyone to cover it, so... CDPR knows that. They know that like they have to stick the landing and that if they do, it'll pay off dividends because of all the visibility. So 
It could make Phantom Liberty a complete redemption for CDPR in the way that they seem to want to pursue it. And they seem to understand that and want to put money behind it and kind of craft that narrative more than other large companies that have maybe disassociated more from the core gamer sentiment. You know, EA couldn't give a shit what a couple of, you know, 2,000 people say on Reddit. But CDPR seems to want to win them over too, and they're willing to spend money to do it, which could speak to a bigger investment in this expansion specifically. Yeah, I agree. Uh, That just about covers our cyber analysis, our cyber factors of Phantom Liberty. From all the evidence we can find, it's had plenty of time, staff, corporate support to be the cyberpunk experience a lot of people expected from the original release, so we'll see. Yeah, but what do you think? And what do we think? Has Cyberpunk's redemption arc truly started? Or are we in the media just riding Cyberpunk's coattails again and overhyping it for our own benefit? Making up shit when we got nothing to talk about so we can invent headlines. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I think probably, yeah. Uh, but that happens with every video game. It's been happening for uh, with Starfield, and Starfield's not even out yet. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is a completely separate topic, but... Truly, interest and clickability drives content creation to the extent of of it's more valuable for us to make something up that serves a need than it is to report on what's actually there. So yeah, when it comes to Starfield, people just want to watch stuff about Starfield, but there's not enough stuff to watch. So then YouTubers like us just start spinning yarns about it. Some of that stuff makes it into the public consciousness. People form unrealistic expectations. And then we're there on the tail end, too, to report on how much everybody's mad. So it's it's an interesting cycle and one that doesn't seem very constructive. But I'm sure we're different for some reason. I mean, it's one of those things where I generally we both sides a lot of things. And a lot of people don't like that, hilariously. They don't like the, why do you both side stuff? And I was like, well, because there are two sides, generally, <laughs> to, to almost anything. Um, so it's, uh, it's one of those things that we've been doing for a really long time. Also, we've been doing gaming news for, well, I mean, uh, 15, 20 years total. Um, so we've been kind of covering this industry for a long time and we can see all the different sides of it. So, uh, I'm not bragging about us. I'm just saying that that's just our background. That's where we come from. Oh, and speaking of not bragging, now's when I would typically, uh, disclose that my partner works for CD Projekt, but she doesn't anymore. So I don't have to disclose that. Now I have no connection aside from, they did actually send me a ramen noodle bowl to promote (laughs) the anime. So there is that. I think I'm still on their mailing list, but that's the all the disclosing I got to do. Uh, we were talking about the cyberpunk road to redemption earlier and like is this the beginning or is this the middle or whatever i i truly think their road to redemption started back when they did i think it was patch 1.5 i want to say that when that came out made the game a lot more solid uh it made the content more fun there was just a lot of stuff there that i think it had turned around people's perception of cyberpunk and i think the game was half off at one point so that helped a lot too and it sold a ton and it rocketed to the top of Steam charts. And then all of a sudden people were playing it again. So it was uh, it was nice to see that for a game that I had enjoyed from the very be- the very beginning. Um, but hopefully this expansion has a good launch. I'm really worried about it. But I, I can't wait to play it, but I'm really worried about it. Yeah, that was I mean, that's that's an astute observation. I think I think redemptions happen in ways that that headlines from games media don't don't really notice. It's when people en masse buy the game and have a good time with it. And um, yeah, their, their most recent financial quarter, Q1 2022, they basically said that they had sold an ass load of copies on console um, in that period and that their revenues in that period were actually way higher than they were Q1 2021. Mm-hmm. So people continue to buy the game and their experiences with it are, you know, quietly positive, it seems like. So, mm-hmm. you know, its rating is high. Uh, 
it's yeah it's really just the narrative that's just always going to be attached to it but it does seem like at this point it's like a good product that a lot of people are coming to and enjoying for the first time or you know reworking their opinions about it but yeah we'll we'll see how that stacks up when it enters headline territory again and people just yeah. start saying whatever they want to say yep hey here's some patrons that bought cyberpunk 2077 day one and enjoyed the hell out of it i don't actually know that that's i'm lying totally uh ryan dareberry Tony Varela, Kyle Heaton, and the Creatures with Nerds Brews game. Well, I've got a gang of patrons, and here's the surprise part. They're all in. They're all in the sequel, the expansion. Yep. They've been cast. They're going to be, they'll actually be sitting on Keanu Reeves' shoulders, so that's pretty cool. On the left shoulder, you got Crab Foam and Christopher Glavin, and on the right shoulder, you got Rook or Captain Coldblood and Sean McLaughlin right next to each other. So, congratulations on the casting. 